Welcome to video game bullshit. Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I run Hagen'sAlley.wordpress.com. I'm also the Subcon 3 on forums like Nintendo Age and Club. I'm a double award-winning published author um, for Hidden Treasures, a book that's on sale at Lulu.com. It's also on the right side of the page that you're probably listening to the podcast on right now. You can help support us. Instead of like every other podcast where they want you to give money to keep their podcast going, all you got to do is support by actually buying the gaming book, and a little bit of that money will go toward the podcast. Now, I've also written towards a few different gaming publications, such as Nintendo Force, Pixel Nation, and Retro Gaming Times Monthly. And we've got Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things vintage and retro, uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. Hell yeah, it's time for the, uh, the Bimmy and Jimmy hour. <laughs> oh yes, the double dragons are here. Always here. <laughs> Always will be. Chilling, yeah, doing our thing. Hell yeah, fun shit. Um, yeah, I know we got um, we we're maybe going to take a a break, but um, the show must go on, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially with like my crazy ass trip from the weekend, it's almost like I gotta talk about like the little adventure because it was fun as shit, and you know the adventure is what makes up you know nine tenths of the. Uh, the fun you know what i mean like that's where you get that high that rush yeah the the journey and i mean that's one thing that we were like talking about this last week was that like people almost only experience the journey to something and then they don't actually use that other tenth where you actually enjoy what you've got (laughs) you know what i mean you actually play the game through exactly like you know like somebody spends a bunch of time you know getting all the consoles and getting all the games and you know getting everything situated and ma- looking perfect to you know the perfect tee and then they don't sit there and actually play the games <laughs> it's one of the uh, the classics and i mean i know we're guilty of actually getting um what's called what i like to call like tunnel vision so right now we've been playing like one certain game and it's been amazing and but at least we're playing something because i know people who don't play anything (laughs) you know what i mean and i do love obsessing about like one simple game as well because like my wife's been obsessing over grand theft auto 5 forever 
and the same thing with uh, us right now with our Brutal Doom obsession. It's been fun as shit and can go forever. Pretty fucking amazing, man. But um, I know a lot of people that just basically are just collectors, not even really gamers. But those are the people that you see on Nintendo Age that post like, well, I'm selling all my collection because the, the gaming part isn't the thrill. Uh, it was all about the hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like, I haven't bought anything in, what, like six months now, maybe? Oh, yeah, it's been, um, I would say at least three. I mean, because I've been out here since I moved since, like, February, March. That's a good three to four months. And I don't think you bought a whole lot before I left either. You bought no. a couple things. Like, I think, like, the the last thing you bought was those MVS Neo Geo box protectors. But yeah, that, that wasn't was even the last games. one. Games that was more. That well, that's collection stuff. So. I still count it, I guess. Oh, but, absolutely, um, it, it but, definitely. But you're be. right; it's not games. And the thing is, I'm still playing the games. Like yeah. yesterday, yeah. we were playing like pretty much every night. It's been Jeff and I have been. That's like our little nightcap. Is some some doom and fun co-op. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's the thing; we're still gaming. So I'm more of a gamer than a collector, which is proof of that because I'm not buying anything and it doesn't bother me and it's crazy Um, too is like we don't once we find a game that we like we obsess over it and don't give up on it quick that could be a bad thing for the podcast because i mean eventually like the normal listener is going to possibly get bored um but the thing is is that in the end this podcast is our little side project of fun and we're going to talk about what we're passionate about. Um, I've had people compliment on the the, con- the content as well. So, I mean, you're going to please some and not please others, and that's just how the world works. And, I mean, we're probably going to dig deep into some Doom wads as we go along because we've been playing all sorts of different types of modifications to the normal Doom formula, and it's been pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think so. um, the first thing you said... To address that, um, it's as, as long as we know, and yeah, the ice can get thin after a while. Yes, but um, as as long as we're aware of that and we know kind of um, where we stand, that's also the good thing too—the self awareness and knowing when it could get old. Yeah. And that's why um, also talking about something new on the same subject is also great because it's something completely different, which leads me to the second part with, with the wads. Mm-hmm. Um, and we came across the 100 uh, greatest wads of all oh, time Jesus Christ. on, on yeah. Doom World. And I actually went and got them all, so I had a really slow day at work, and I just figured we should just go through all these because, if, you know, if these were the best. And a lot of them I, I recognized, and, and gladly a lot of them I didn't. So there's a lot of exciting stuff. What's um, funny, though, is don't sell yourself short. You actually didn't put 100. You put, like, 104 or 106 or, <laughs> and then put a couple more today. And <laughs> like It's like yeah. it will go forever, essentially, because there's so many. Yeah, there's um, <laughs> kind of like part two. Some of the ones that the 100 greatest wads, they put extra ones. They're kind of like bonus or um, honorable yeah. mention kind of, I guess you could call it, in a way. Um, but so... Yeah, it's it's more than a hundred, and then there's like the most infamous Doom wads, which is like amazing. The, yeah, like some of the worst and some of the weirdest, some of the strangest. There's only ten of those, and two of them, one still hasn't been released, so it's it's just um, 
it's only there because it has such a buildup, and uh-huh. everyone had the whole com- community talking about it. And then the other one's like a random Doom map generator, and that's kind of cool. And it's it's not a wad per se, so I didn't put it in the folder. It's like a you. It's a total. You you have to get like separate um, tools to use it, and ah. it's it's like way different. But I guess the the fear of that was people were using that, and I guess it's so good that they were calling those maps their own. Oh, that's yeah, that's messed up. It's like plagiarizing. Yeah, because it's it's not a bad generator. Yeah. Um. So. I guess the parameters it was built on is pretty advanced as far as that goes. So, um, yeah, it's also the, just the whole cheapness of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it's like, it's one of those things though, that like we did mention though, that we play doom as a nightcap. That's not the only thing we do like throughout the week. So, I mean, that's a good segue, I guess, into my, my weekend story. Yeah. Perfect. It was a fucking fun weekend. Um, it was actually um, last week, uh, one of my buddies um, met him through Nintendo Age, and then he used to come to my place when I was in Indiana. Every week we would game with a bunch of guys, um, and basically he sent me a message, like, he said, hey man, uh, look at this link, and it was a guy on Nintendo Age posting, um, and he's actually a prominent member, um, I think I've seen him post before, but never really interacted with him, and he said, Hey, um, I'm giving away a Neo Geo arcade cabinet. And I looked at it, I was like, well, wait, what? <laughs> and yeah, double po- take. Yeah, and, and the post was like four days old. So I'm like, oh, cool, JD. There was something local that I could have gotten. Thanks. <laughs> like, like, he sent it to me late. Like, thanks, guy. I, I appreciate it. Um, and then I look and I'm like, it's not so, like, nobody picked it up yet. So I basically just messaged the guy and go, hey, is this still around? He's like, yeah, nobody picked it up. And I looked up, like, where he was from, and I'm like, dude, this is, like, 30 minutes away from my house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And just to um, give a little clarity to the listeners, like, like, uh, Kyle, when I was in Indiana, lived an hour and a half away. Um, When I used to have to drive for work, I would have to drive three and a half hours each way in the same day, or longer some days. So, like, a half hour is a joke, like, and some people that are in big cities are like, yeah, half hour is no problem, but, like, in the country, you know, there's different styles of driving, but, like, 30 minutes is, like, nothing. So, I basically um, said, hey, man, I'll pick it up, uh, when are you free? And he's like, oh, I'm free tomorrow, and this was last Thursday, like, when we recorded the podcast. Um, so, I go to work, and he's like, oh, hey, I forgot that I have to, his work schedule's changed on him so i'm sitting there i'm like oh crap um so somebody else is gonna get it now or something is my back of my mind thought but i forgot one thing um nintendo age is some are are some of the uh the best forum community members that i have uh, ever been a part of for real like they get a lot of flack from some of the quote-unquote popular kids, the freaking the little YouTubers with the big mouths. Like they get they get a lot of flack from them, and it's a bunch of bullshit. Because I mean, I've seen shitheads on Nintendo Age. A hundred percent of those shitheads are banned. Yeah, they get canned real quick, and that's that's All what banned. I that's what I was gonna throw into like yeah like Nintendo Age doesn't fuck around no. and everyone's taking their ethics one hundred and one class 
per se. Yeah, like, basically, like, what I... Because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, like, oh, somebody's going to backdoor me and get this fucking arcade. And then I forgot, though, like, I posted on Nintendo Age that I was, you know, interested in it, and, you know, there's a whole common sense, like, nobody's going to screw over each other mentality with the website. Um, so basically, if he did... I had merit at that point to go, hey, this guy went, said he was you know, get doing this, and he did this. Um, and depending on the severity is how they would you know, act out. Um, well, there's, and, there's, there's even a forum called Finders Keepers on there. So. Yes, there's a forum <laughs> like that. There's also a Hall of Shame. Yeah, oh, yes, there is. Yeah, yes. and that's where you can nominate people. And even if you're a member of a Hall of Shame, you're not banned. To be banned, you have to be a complete shithead on the website. And, and this is really important to throw in right here because um, they also check the online like marketplaces, which there's a lot of different ones now. Yes. But your Ebays, and they're like, this guy's a fake seller. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a community that is all on. It's like a hive mind. It is, and. I mean, there's some people, um, some of the popular kids, that don't like that hive mind as well. And they think they're all a bunch of uppity collectors, and some of them absolutely are. <laughs> there's a couple of asshat uppity collectors on the website. There has to be. Because, I mean, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, there's people who just go out and love the hunt, love to hoard everything video game they can possibly get their hands on. I know people that have the complete NES collection and Super Nintendo and 64. Same person. Because they have the the right hookup and stuff. I mean... Well, there's some people like that. There's other people that have run gaming stores for 20 years, and every time a game they don't have comes in, they put one aside for themselves. Dude, that'll Um, do it real good. And there's one prominent member. um, He's not so much, like, unapproachable, but... He did that same thing that I said where he was a game owner, a uh, game store owner, and, like, he actually got a lot of prototypes and things like that. Um, so, but the thing is, is that on his side, everybody's messaging him to release these po- prototypes for free that he invested money in, a lot of money in. And he's like, no, you buy it for me, you can release it. <laughs> and that's an uppity thing that a lot of the quote-unquote popular kids don't like. So... Um, I don't blame him at all. Um, he has released some as well, so it's not like he hoards everything. Um, but the thing is, though, is that like those kind of people is what drives away some of the the self entitled people. There's people that are that feel like they're entitled to everything. Yeah, and the the only thing with um, the whole promo deal is that that cart might not work tomorrow. Theoretically, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance, albeit small. There's a chance. There's a percentage there, you know. So the whole thing is like, for the sake of historical reference, that that part of me says like, that's kind of shitty. Now, what really angers people is when people will say exactly what you said, and they says, "Oh, I have a copy on my computer." He just won't share it. And then that really grinds their gears because then they don't have a leg to stand on. As I've seen in the forum, somebody posted almost what you said verbatim just uh-huh. to try to, you know, like, hey, release it for the preservation of video game history. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, I have a copy just in case it does fail. No problem. Well, just because in 100 years you're going to be dead anyway, so really it's moot. 
Yeah, in, in my opinion, how I would do it, um, and how I will do it if I ever come across a prototype, mind you, is I will um, release it as a homebrew release. Like, if I'm really worried about the cost, is what I'm saying. Most mm-hmm. of the time, I'm not. I'm, it's fine. Um, but if I was worried about the cost, I would release it as a homebrew release, a limited one on Nintendo Age, so people can support it. And then say, if you want to dump it, dump it. It's out. Because then, by then, everybody has a copy of it. They can dump it with all the different types of dumping tools. There's two different websites where you can buy a cart dumper for $30. Yeah, because I could <laughs> like, you'd almost see it as like a, a selfish thing, too, because... <laughs> Like I said, you're not going to be here in 100 years with that history, Will. Yeah. So you're basically taking away an experience from somebody because you're snooty. Yeah, there, there's a few <laughs> games that I know some members of Nintendo Age own. Like, um, what is it? It's Ultimate Journey or Ultimate... I think it's called like Un- Unlimited Journey or Ultimate Journey. It's the one where it's a platformer and you're a Native American. And it was a Nintendo Power. I know somebody who owns that one, and I'm like, man, I just want to play that game. Like, really bad. It's a platformer on the NES I haven't played. Um, and it was never released. There's one prototype, and he's the only one that I know that has it. And the only Native American um, platformer that I know is, is Wampum. Wampum. There's, there's Cowboy Kid, yeah, too, like, but, um, like this and, one, like, The Lone Ranger, but those aren't platformers. Yeah. This one kind of reminds me of, like, a Shatterhand. I know we were chatting about that one a little bit. Um, but it reminds yeah. me of, like, that style graphics, like a Power Blade Shatterhand, but you're an Indian, and it looks awesome. Um, it just looks has that Konami feel to it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, scrum diddly umptious. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be a, an underlying issue with it. Why they didn't release it? It could be the sensitivity to the Native American people. I think that was that was my first thought, but mm-hmm. like a Custer's Revenge, or well, something. especially with a, it would have been a later release as well, not an early because Wampum was earlier, not super late. I don't think it could have been also been they just didn't before. think there was a market for that too i mean i don't know yeah um, that's the other thing or the super nintendo could have been coming over and they didn't want to have it not sell like bubble bobble 2 didn't sell and like (laughs) restaurant didn't sell and little samson didn't sell Mm, right i mean it's same thing um but in the end though in reality he owns it he do what he wants with it like that's it it's yeah yeah it's a free country and that's what makes this this country great and on the other side, it's yeah, you your have to prerogative. Be able to see both sides. Yeah, and it's your prerogative. It's the self-entitled YouTubers' prerogative, or other people on the forums' prerogative to bitch about it too. Absolutely. I think, I think that's a, that's where like wisdom comes in mm-hmm. when you can see both sides. Yeah. And then you're just like the old wise mage that's just yeah. like, okay, I get it. And then I, I get it all. Us being the glass <laughs> half full type people that we are is like, well, eventually it might come out, and that'll be an amazing day. <laughs> Hopefully we're still around and get to play it. That'd be freaking cool. <laughs> That's how I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not gonna lose sleep over it or nothing. No. But uh But it would be an amazing experience if it does and I mean in the end, as much as we do like to play games, there's still more we gotta play. And we'll still be fun and having fun and being happy. Um so back on to the uh the story. <laughs> I <got it. laughs> back onto the rails. Hell yeah. I love we derailed it. We get, for a little bit. We get derailed little... in the river of sticks. So yeah, they're like it. little pockets of fun. Oh yeah, it's that's the way that we do things though. It's it's unavoidable. Um <laughs> that's th- those are my favorite parts, the little side stories. Yeah, it's like a little raft down the river. So Neo Geo. Uh so anyways, um so Friday comes around, um 
I again messaged him. He says, I'll let you know. He had to work. Not a big deal. I said, I'll come Sunday morning, pick it up. Um, so, you know, I play games on Friday, hanging out, and, um, you know, wanted to, wanted to pick it up. Um, um, the other side is, is that with this, you know, Neo Geo MVS cabinet, Neo Geo MVS, um, it's a conversion, number one. I need that getting it. Um, and it supposedly works perfectly. So, I go there, um, Sunday morning. And actually, my one buddy Jim was able to go with me, so he he rode up there just in case we had to like carry it around corners or something crazy. Um, yeah, so I get over there. Um, the dude, he's cool as hell. Um, I walk in though <laughs> in the house, and I see his wife sitting there, and I'm like, ah, so you wanted him to get rid of the arcade? And she goes, oh no no, he 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 made that decision on his own. He I, as soon as we get downstairs, he looks at me and goes, shaking his head, no. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just laughing. I'm just sitting there laughing. I'm like, oh man, so busted. <laughs> I was like, that's exactly what my wife would say. <laughs> <laughs> so funny though. I was like, oh yeah, he wanted to get rid of it, and he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so I'll tell you how it really is. <sighs> yeah. So, um, so anyways, I look at it. The cabinet looks pretty cool. Um, fully all like red on the sides. Um, on the back, there's red paneling. Uh, on the front, on a Neo Geo arcade cabinet, there's like a couple little red parts by the, around the coin door. Uh, this conversion doesn't have that; it's just fully black, but it still looks cool. Um, now, there's no MVS logos on the sides, though. It's completely blank red. Um, the other weird thing is that the marquee on the top, where it would state the game on an arcade, the marquee portion, um, it's it's there. It says Neo Geo. It has uh, Power Spikes 2 in it, which is the volleyball game for the Neo Geo. Mm-hmm. Um, but they basically put wood screws into it through the, pla- the the actual marquee plastic. Like, whoever made the conversion. Um, I'm pretty sure this guy didn't make the conversion. He just got the, <laughs> the MVS from somebody um, with the intent of fixing it up and never got around to it. That was the gist that I got. Um, so it was like a project that he never got around to. Um, so anyways, I loaded up in my truck, um, uh, backward up or like on its back. Um, ironically where I'm at in Maryland, um, it's been raining for the past like week. Uh, fortunately by Sunday it was like 90 degrees and pretty hot. So everything was dry. So I was very fortunate with that. Um, also very fortunate that I actually had to back up my truck to the back of his house. So we didn't have to carry the arcade around up a hill in the mud. So I four wheel drive. It's kind so, of messy. Yeah. yeah. So luckily I had four wheel drive. So I just drove it right through the yard, and he said, "Oh yeah, we do that all the time." <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, so anyways, driving home, uh, driving extra slow, and people are maniacs. It's like you're in Chicago, so people are driving around me like crazy, and I'm, I'm driving an arcade. I'm not going to drive crazy. Um, I get it into my house. And um, I've actually put it in like my hallway. I cleared out a little spot, so it's kind of it has its own little nook, um, sticking out a little bit. So my my wife might not enjoy having to you know walk by it every day when she comes downstairs, but that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways, so I the first thing I do is I grab my one sixty one in one, which is a Neo Geo MVS bootleg cart. It's like a pirate cart. 
um, from China, and it plays 161 um, Neo Geo games. There's probably about 90-ish unique games, and then there's a bunch of, like, clones and, you know, like, King of the Fighters 98 Plus, and it makes it a little faster, stuff like that. Um, but anyways, I put the 161 and one in there. Um, it's a tight fit. I go turn it on, and it goes to right to the freaking menu screen. I'm like, hell yeah. Um, you know, everything's a little blurry on the screen. Um, all that funness that I'm looking at. Um, but the marquee lights up. So, so I'm like, oh, it works. Um, go down. I'm like, oh, let me try Metal Slug. I put it... I, do it, it does the little chime for Neo Geo, the, the classic, it's like, do, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then it resets back to the menu, <laughs> and so then I try a different game, after the same amount of time, it resets back to the menu, so I'm like, well, what the hell, so I take that game out, and I grab, I have a few different MVS games because I have the home system of the Neo Geo that I bought a while ago, the AES. Um, and so I have like a converter for that that allows you to play the arcade games in the home console. So I have a few games and I have Windjammers, um, which is a pretty rare one. And that game is you basically have discs um, frisbees, and you're playing like basically soccer or pong, um, but you're you can do like bank shots and craziness with it. So it's kind of like a Neo Geo version of like Hyper Super Pong, because then there's like special moves and stuff. But I plug that game in, and I, it does some crazy stuff, like stuff I've never seen. It's all glitchy and doesn't really key up whenever i key it up it goes back to the title screen um so i'm like well, what the hell so i thought about something one thing because i'm talking about the entire process of what i've done since i got the arcade kyle so what did i forget i forgot an integral part if you think about it it's one important thing step that i missed that i thought about right there what was that all right so anytime you get a game from a store or anything, what's the first thing you do with it when you bring it home? Test the bitch. Clean it. Oh well, yeah. I did. I did it, yeah. not clean this arcade that's been sitting in this dude's basement for like years. Yeah, clean the pins. Oh my and god, all the contacts. So, yeah. so it's yeah. The, this whole arcade machine was dusty as hell. Like I, so I, I got Lysol wipes out. I cleaned her down. I, I went in the board and was very careful with everything. I didn't use Lysol wipes on that portion. I used like different cleaning solvent that was non-corrosive. Um, and I went through and cleaned out the actual cartridge slots. Um, I then went upstairs and played with my daughter for uh, an hour so I could make sure everything dried thoroughly because I wasn't going to turn it on when it was damp at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then I put back in Windjammer, turned it on after it was cleaned and fired it up perfectly. Now, having a few arcade machines, I mean, as I mentioned, the screen was a little blurry. Um, there's two things you can do, um, to fix a blurry screen. Number one that nobody ever thinks about in between the glass and the screen, there's, there's a space that space allows dust and dirt and everything else to get in there. So if you just wipe off the actual screen underneath the arcade 
glass bezel, that like increases the screen a million times. So basically there's like dust and soot over the entire screen that's accumulated over the multiple years. Sure. So you wipe that off, all of a sudden it's like super graphics again. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's craziness. Um, that's one option. The other thing is, is in the back of all monitors, there's these little pots, and you can adjust them. Um, the hard thing is, is that you have to like adjust them and then look, and adjust them and then look. So if you have two people, you can make the adjustments and and perfectly clear it up. The thing is, is with this MVS thing, there's like a little side secondary board that's attached to the side, and you move the little clips, and now I have a board on a ribbon that I can actually pull around to the side and adjust all the different knobs uh, while I look at it. So I was pretty awesome that that it was the Neo Geo was designed like that. Um, so that was pretty cool. So so I adjusted it, and the picture's perfectly clear. It looks awesome. Um, I noticed, though, that the sound was a little junky. I was like, man, so so he didn't mention it. Like the sounds crappy. So uh -huh. I looked down on the board, there's a little sound slider, so I turn it up like almost all the way and it's still like tinny sounding, right? Yeah. Um so I look on the board though and there's like one little switch. I flip it, it was in headphones mode. So this guy had it in headphones mode. I don't know how oh many God. years. So now it's in super stereo, loud as shit. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. So wow. it's a, like amazing sound. Coming his his wife had him on headphones, damn. Well, I don't know if he, <laughs> he didn't know even. Yeah, that's probably what it was. But <laughs> Yeah, like he could have been like, man, I don't like the sound on this. So yeah, whatever. Um so yeah, it was pretty pretty fucking crazy that that was in headphones mode. So the sounds perfect. Um, the the graphics look great now. Um, it's on free play, so it plays you know with with uh, no without requiring quarters. Um, so I go back and try to put in the one sixty one in one right. Mm -hmm. Got to try it again. It still does the reset thing. So, you know, I talked with my one buddy, The Wiz. He's a little whiz of, of arcades and things. And he said, um, do you know if this has been upgraded at all? And, you know, with, like, a Unibios. And I'm yes. like, probably not. <laughs> and he's like, well, we started looking into it, like, which board revision I have and all that. And apparently the board that's in this is the one that's highly sought after for modders because it actually has controller ports built onto the board, like the same ones that are in the Neo Geo AES or on the on my MVS. Um, everything's wired JAMA, which is like a universal connector um, for arcades. So basically, like everything's connected, but there's still these two controller ports on the front. So that's pretty fucking awesome um, that it's actually an exclusive, elusive version. Of the board yeah it's pretty cool that it had like the exclusive board in it basically the original neo geo had to have some kind of protection against pirate carts so that was his thought is that you know because it's a pirate cart that there's some kind of protection why it keeps resetting um i read a few different forums i looked around online um and they said, oh, power on your Neo Geo and leave it on for an hour. And then eventually 
the memory cards within this 161 in one to warm up and it'll allow it to work. And there's a bunch of different theories. None of the, the <laughs> I tried out all the little theories throughout the day. None of them worked. Um, so that was a bunch of garbage. Um, but the Unibios, they still <laughs> sell them online and uh-huh. they're like 30 bucks. So I was like, yeah, I might as well get a copy. Um, and basically, you know, upgrade the system. Um, and then if that fixes the issue, cool. If not, then mm-hmm. at least I still have the Unibios on there. So still, yeah. still be a bonus. Um, so yeah, you so, almost need it in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure that if it'll have all the same settings as the AES does, like with all the little like bonuses and multiplayer modes and cheats and all that craziness. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know either. We'll find out. Yes, we will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plenty time will tell. Yeah, I mean, I should have it in the next week or so. Um, not a big deal. It's pretty cool. And then um, I know Riddick Rick. Um, he's out in Iowa, and he does some amazing arcade conversions and artwork. So I just asked him, hey, how much would it be to you know get my MVS looking perfect with you know side art and a new marquee and a little bezel to go around the front because the um the bezel goes around the arcade monitor in the front so you don't see around the monitor kind of like like in i know when you were playing mortal kombat one they had a custom mortal kombat bezel with little moves on it i've seen a number of different ones too some bad some hilarious and some pretty decent so I don't know what type of bezel I'd have to see, what kind he would do. It's probably just a red one that says Neo Geo, which would be cool. But yeah, so that'd be probably about another hundred bucks. Um, so basically, for like a hundred and thirty bucks, I could have like a perfect looking MBS, which is pretty cool. Um, the thing is, though, in reality, we gotta gotta take it back to reality here. Is that I am still going to have to move in a few more years. So. I mean, I'm not going to sell this thing. I'm going to either keep it or give it to another member of Nintendo Age. Just pass along the amazingness. Um, now, whether the next person does that or not is their own prerogative. However, I'm probably going to um, pass along the, the love, especially since I do have a Neo Geo AES console still, the uh, home console. Um, mm. I, I, I probably will, but if I do put the extra hundred dollars into it, I might just, <laughs> it'd be tougher to part with it. That's when it, you start customizing things, starts becoming your own. So yeah. should make it a stretch goal in your Kickstarter. <laughs> that was actually a thought. That's hilarious that you mentioned that. <laughs> Cause the irony is, is that and I've talked with Rob, like I tested the, um, the play choice to see if I could get one of Rob's games to work. And I actually have a, you know, a version of the Mad Wizard running on a PlayChoice 10 cartridge. And that's like a cool little proof of uh, work. Like, it just works. Um, So the potential is is that if they keep under 512, which is the max that can go on a PlayChoice cart, if the RPG, you know, the Black Box Challenge, stays under 512, it can go on to a play choice. So if I wanted to, I could convert the MBS into a play choice. I mean, right now it's just a red cabinet with some you know MBS marquee on it. Um, and then 
all the MBS stuff in the, inside of it. So, I mean, I could, you know, buy some Play Choice stuff, throw it in there, put the Play Choice, um, make sure it's JAMA converted, and then put it in. <laughs> and that would be hilarious. They'd have, like, a little Jeffrey Wittenhagen arcade. <laughs> that is a possibility but think about all the work involved with that number one right um and then number two shipping like well what do you what do you need you could always trade it for something cannibalization's cool <laughs> yeah well i mean but my thing is is that i got this mvs cartridge or the mvs arcade for free so it's like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, if you do good deeds, usually you're rewarded. So I'm highly leaning toward the I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna keep it within the community. Now that might be whether it be like people I know in the community too, or I might do what he did and put on APB if I need to get rid of it or something. But yeah, I'm not. I've never been much of a greedy person. So like. But on the other side, there are games I still enjoy uh, collecting. So we'll see. <laughs> As yeah, I say, someone, the person who gets that's got to be pretty fucking badass. Yeah, exactly. I know a lot of badass people, so it's cool. <laughs> Give it to someone who's like been really generous, I guess. Passionate and all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it's it should be a a really you know. It's a it's a really cool item. I love the Neo Geo. I mean, as we've always said, it's like it's the Ferrari of video game consoles, and mm-hmm. and you're you're probably gonna get uh, some offers from people from the listening to this podcast, right? You're like, holy shit, this dude's giving away a Neo Geo. Oh yeah. yes, folks, he is. Maybe, possibly, we'll see. Who knows? Who's to say, right? <laughs> Gotta love it. So, I mean, that might be another good segue um, to the uh, craziness from our, our banter and emails over the last day or so um, about the new Neo Geo game that's coming out, right? The um, NG dev team um, just put up for pre-order Krautbuster. Um, now, how much do you know about, like, the initial announcement of Krautbuster? I was on the, I checked, actually checked out the page when you sent the link. Yeah, but I mean like the initial initial one cuz it was announced like a few months back. But no, I'm not like hooked into the the whole like scene. Yeah, cuz so. cuz I know I mentioned it in an older episode of the podcast. Um, I'm like a cryogenic fossil. Yeah, I'm not sure though <laughs> if like once I mentioned it on the podcast if you checked it out or not. But um No. But, yeah, basically this game is a little bit of a metal slug Basically, like a um, little successor to it, a spiritual successor to Metal Slug. And that's that's the first thing I thought when you sent the link and I saw the graphics. I was yeah. like, yeah, this this is badass, and this is probably my favorite type of game mm-hmm. on the Neo Geo, bar none. Yep. Um, and so yeah, the the crazy thing was is their their first trailer, which came out a few months back. It was like. Everybody was up in arms. It was crazy. They were all bitching about it, saying, oh, this is just a cheap, looks like shit, Metal Slug clone. And that first trailer, I I thought it was all right. I wasn't interested in, you know, buying it because the Neo Geo dev team, uh, NG dev team games for the Neo Geo systems are pretty expensive. They're like, 
you know, 500 euro, 400 euro, I think, for an MVS, 500 for an AES, um, the home console port uh, versions. They come with a lot of shit, though. But that's pretty expensive for, like, a normal video game collector or even a normal gamer. Uh, Neo Geo never claimed to be cheap, though. <laughs> like, they, it, like, with inflation, that's actually cheaper than the games used to be back in the day. Um, Neo Geo games back in the day sold in the States were, like, 200 on the low side. Um, and they were, like, $500, some of them, in the stores, which is crazy to me. But um, yeah, Neo Geo is made for like the the yuppie type of. Oh almost, yeah. I almost see the the demographic at the time it was released, probably like the twenties male who has like a good salary job that's still in, into gaming. You know who I was picturing when you were saying that? I was picturing Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. I, I was thinking the same thing actually, because <laughs> doing that's his, so weird doing his crunches yeah. in the with a Neo Geo yeah. cabinet in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and you could see, and it would be perfect fit. Yeah, though for for <laughs> real, Patrick Bateman, freaking Neo Geo, Neo Special Edition. <laughs> yeah, because that's like that one of the, like he's a total like uh, he's a yuppie in there. Yeah, for real. It's it's great. Yeah. So um, yeah, that, like, that's hilarious. Like all the like all for all like the privileged people like or the people who just so happen yeah. to fall into the right job like people who could afford it. Who are more like adults? Because kids, you know, you. Wh- why would you even buy it? Because you can only get like one game. Yeah, because because I mean, here's the th- the thought process here is that as the MBS, the arcade system, it came on these cartridges with giant boards in them. Now selling that to an arcade owner or like a store, um, they're making money on that game by it sitting there because people are going to play it and put quarters into it. So they're going to essentially, eventually, make their money back, right? Yeah, it's an inv- it's an investment. Exactly. Yeah. This is where I think they they f- were short sighted because when they released it, um. They released a smaller board version, so not the same exact board from the MVS for the AS. So it's a different board set, and they're still giant cartridges. So it's a really cool item, but at that price point, there's no space for somebody to... Nobody makes their money back on the AS because you buy it, it's at home. And people people may be thinking... Just to clear this up, well, why not get a multi-cart? Well, those are new, so... Yes. In, in our time, that wasn't a choice, but now... Now it is. It, it kind of, like, evens everything out. It, I've, I threw down a couple hundred um, as far as the converter goes and the multi-cart, because I, I was like, this is totally worth it. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting, like, these are all quality arcade games, you know? And it's like so, a two-fold process, just like we mentioned before with the... Um, prototype thing it's like a little bit of preservation because aes games neo geo games in general are still expensive so even if we get some it's like you don't all like especially the really rare ones you don't want to play them a ton because they might start failing um and using that 161 in one's a good way to still play the game yeah, it's just opening up that shell over and over again just, yes. you know just the recurring use that's that's when I started like burning all my DVDs to MP4 and just leave them where they are. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things of wear and tear. Like even DVDs deteriorate. Yeah, just put them on a disc drive and let and just 
use that as like your library and then choose mm-hmm. what you want to play almost and then then play it on the multi-cart back that up every once in a while to save things and that same yeah. deal and it's not it's yeah, not a bad it it's yes. not a bad deal at all um now no no here's the uh, the other thing about the the price point of the games uh one thing knowing what we know now about things because they were short-sighted made this new production back in the day the cost in manufacturing these cartridges were expensive um they were producing them in bulk so i would assume that a 200 dollar price point was about where neo geo was breaking even mass producing these things like that had to have been it like where they're breaking even now these ng dev team guys right they're not producing in thousands. They're not making thousands and thousands of cartridges. They don't have a manufacturing plant. Uh, so when they make their, like, they usually limit to about 100 on the home console versions. Um, when they're making these, like, it's probably costing them four or $500 to make this. $400 is probably their break-even point. And if you look at their websites... Everything that they release comes with bonuses and posters and a soundtrack on CD with artwork and comes in the shock box with full artwork. And, like, it has a million different bells and whistles. So they're making it worth your while, like, content-wise. And they're still trying to, you know, cover their manufacturing costs. And they're, they're taking time out of their life to make these things. For from their families, mm-hmm. from their for making like big money, and and here's the even crazier thing. Now, we just talked about them making the cartridge. We mentioned nothing about them developing a brand new sixteen to twenty six bit game because two sixteen bit processors with an eight bit processor. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's above sixteen. Um, but a brand new game for this system they have to develop it they have to create it make music graphics make sure it's balanced as well as they can depending on what type of game they're making like everything everything that goes into that they're essentially not making a comparable amount of money to the amount of effort they're putting into it so that price point is pretty justified for the medium they're putting it out for now I mean, they're putting it out for Neo Geo collectors. It's a very niche thing. Um, they could put it out on other systems to, you know, make more money. And with their older releases, they have. Um, they released a game called Fast Striker, um, one called Gunlord, and one called Neo XYX. All three of those also got ported to the Sega Dreamcast. Um, and those ones, obviously pressing a CD, much cheaper than, uh, making a full Neo Geo giant cartridge, right? Oh God, yeah. All, all day, yeah. all day. Now, the longevity of this game company, um, I almost consider them like the Capcom or Konami of the newer generation of indie developers, um, because everything they've released has been very very good quality um whether yeah, i was gonna say with well well yeah with with Gunlord, yeah um, um the the music's like incredible so you know just one guy like focused on that yeah it's not it's not like the same guy did 
the music and the graphics and and if he did, he's a fucking prodigy. Yeah, no, um, they they hire, they have a team. They're Neo Geo and, Dev team. Like, and that kind of reminds me just of when you beat Kid Chameleon for Genesis. Um, they show like all the developers and they're like sixteen bit forms, and it says something to the effect of. Uh, we gave up our lives and our wives for this game. Nice. <laughs> and it, it's true. I bet there were some divorces. Yeah. And that's that's the thing because, you know, you have to, like, maintain that contact with human involvement. Yeah. If you don't, then the ivy grows over the, the door all too quick. And that's the thing. Like, that's why I can't blame them for the price. I mean, th- that's what sh- it's, that should be that price. Mm-hmm. You know, I would empower them to ch- to charge that much. Uh, and especially given the fact that it's like, it was sold out in like two seconds anyway. That's the irony. So, so on that aspect, I was, I was getting to the, uh, with the Dreamcast version, it sells usually for about 50 to $60 euros, however they, they put it. Um, and those sell out pretty quickly, like within a week or so. And they, right now, like Gunlord online, it, like opened and everything is like a probably about a two hundred dollar game for the English limited edition one, and they do limited editions and regular editions and things. Um, that's the Dreamcast one, so the one that sold for about fifty bucks is like two hundred, so it's f- worth four times as much, and that goes to show you the uh, the quality that they do. Now, as for like the Neo Geo side, I mean. $500, $600, like, they're selling online for $2,000 easily. Now, in reality, though, with these games that they've released, um, they are generally harder in nature than most people are used to. Um, most of the time, the kid gloves are off um, because if you're developing an arcade-style game, you're not developing it for console. You're developing it for the arcade, right? And and also um, that goes twofold as well because the people who are buying that they're buying um, a specialized release and then they got to be hardcore too, right? Exactly. If you're willing to put six hundred dollars into a game, that's another point. The, it's, it's so easy that you can sit there and beat it in the first thirty minutes, beer slinger style. Beer slinger. Then. <laughs> You're going to be disappointed, and absolutely with Beer Slinger, I was disappointed, and I put like what fifty or sixty into it. If I put six hundred dollars into a game and I could beat oh, it in the gosh. first setting, that that would be a disappointment. Jesus um, Christ! I mean, there's not even a word that could like describe it. Actually, yeah, it would be super. <laughs> it's a fathomless disappointment. Um, now, I mentioned three games, right? Um, that they put on Dreamcast and NG Dev Team. They actually released a fourth game. And it's only been on the Neo Geo. So I don't know if they're moving away from the Dreamcast side. Um, or if they just haven't released it yet because they're focusing on Krautbuster. Um, if that's the case, though, that's going to make that other game skyrocket. Uh, that game was called Razion. It was a horizontal shooter. Um, and it kind of addressed balances because they actually put an easy mode in or normal mode in it or something, but then they also have, you know, hard and extreme mode. So, oh, yeah. So you got you got to have difficulty settings. I know we mentioned that in a former podcast. Difficulty. MVS mode. Yeah, yes. pretty much. MVS mode. <laughs> kill you mode. <laughs> Very hard. But, but yeah. the um, that game sold out in seven hours. 
um, uh, the AES version of Raytheon sold out in seven hours. <laughs> now, Krautbuster, um, this one, now, mind you, I mentioned had a pretty bad first trailer. Um, you know, everybody was like, oh, this is just a clone. How are you charging this much for a clone of Metal Slug and all this stuff? Um, they This week, they released a new trailer. Um, there's a whole mask aspect now where you can pick up these different kabuki masks and things, and it changes your power-ups. It looks like way better for the controls. There's two-player co-op, multiple character selections, like like you would expect from a Metal Slug. Looks like it controls beautifully. So, like, they've addressed all the issues that people put forth. Um, they didn't realize how well they did or how much that controversy brings because, as we mentioned before, there's no publicity like bad publicity. Um, <laughs> more people know about this game now because of the bad publicity. It sold out in less than an hour. A hundred copies at $600, 500 euro a piece sold out in less than an hour. Yeah, that's kind of what's funny because when I watched that id Software documentary, they were talking about like how a game that was controversial, which is like Doom, yeah. got famous because it, a lot of people, uh, computer users, knew about it. But I knew about it because I saw it on the fucking news. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's where that bad like it's like parents are concerned. The old publicity is bad. Publicity. We'll be back and to review this evil game and you know then it's like oh my god you know and that's my first taste yeah so yeah it's all about that controversy it's all about actually just getting your face everywhere yeah honestly like if if people that's start really covering it, it it'll, it'll be a glorious time and um now this went down to the point where they actually said that it sold out so fast that a lot of their diehard fans didn't have an opportunity to get a copy because it sold out in an hour like, they posted a time frame when they were going to post it up, and as soon as it went up, it was gone. It was like Amiibo Madness, but at $600 a pop. Like, that's craziness, in my opinion. I mean, it's yeah, like, and the, cause and what, the what, difference is, like, the hardcoreness. Yeah. Instead of, like, a bunch of kids. So there's that many. Hardcore shit going on. There's that many Neo Geo collectors, and here's the thought, though. Is there? Is there that many Neo Geo collectors, or resellers? Are there that many people that see these <laughs> games selling for two thousand dollars, and you got most of them hoarding them and just throwing them up on eBay?
Yeah, it's like you have a small amount of insane Neo Geo collectors, and those resellers know that, and they just bank on those people. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, though, is that, like, that's a double-edged sword because, number one, the developers are going to see it, that people are supporting them in an hour. Sold out, so people want more games, so that motivates them. But then later on when it's released and people are throwing it up on eBay for four times the price, it's like you're kind of cutting into their <laughs> profit margin, but when they do such a limited amount, they really aren't. So it's like a, it's a double-edged type of thing. Like it's like a give or take. Um, and they, I think they released another 20 just to give the hardcore like people that have been supporting them forever give them a chance to buy a copy and that's all that's sold out too i don't know how long that one took but it's sold out as well um now i don't know if they're doing a limited version amount for the mvs version but there's three of their games on their website right now the mvs versions for the for for the um ng dev team and they're what 400 euro but they're there and they're not sold out. So people do have the opportunity to get them. Um, I'm tempted. I got the whole new Neo Geo Arcade cabinet. I, it's just a lot of dough, and it's a dangerous path to go down because they only have five games that they've released. That's easy to collect 100%. However, five games, four of them I wouldn't have, and $2,000 a piece is $8,000. <laughs> yeah, to me that I could get a lot more satisfaction like other ways. Yeah. So it's one of those things where like, yeah, it's interesting. Um But maybe someone gets satisfaction like that's their their trip, you know? Yeah. Their Neo their Neo Geo trip. Like I have so much other things going on in my life that it's like I guess um I don't see it as such an obsession, but I can visualize it. I mean, there's also another way that I could justify purchasing it, and that would be that if I bought it, played it, enjoyed it, and then sold it on eBay. I mean, I'm going to make four times the amount of money I paid for it. I mean, that's 2000 bucks is a nice little vacation. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. and then I got in a weekend or a month or however long it takes of enjoyment out of the game. I got to play a brand-new MVS game. Um, almost, it's almost like renting it for a profit. Well, it's almost the advantage, the advantage of being in the know. Being in the know and having the cash. Because, yeah, um, at the same time, and then you just post it, someone's in the world. I mean, eBay's radius is the, nearly the entire world. Yeah, the, the so entire, like, the entire I mean, knowledgeable world. The, given that the you're mailing world. to all those countries. Mm-hmm. But let's just say, like, that's a huge fucking scope, dude. So someone at some point is going to come along and be like, that's that's cool. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> having to pare down my collection, I've noticed that, like, eventually people buy the stuff. Because um, if you know how much things are selling for, because you can look at sold listings on eBay, and you post up a, I don't know, whatever game it is. Say, uh, Mega Man selling for anywhere between 20 and 40 dollars if you put it up for 40 dollars eventually it's going to sell for 40 dollars someone's going to come around and be like i don't care i want it yep and i mean that's how i put up my collection um the stuff that i've been paring down like some of the card only stuff and things 
is I've just been putting it up on eBay for, you know, whatever it sells for. Um, and I knock off price depending on condition. That's the only thing I do, which makes yeah. sense to me. Um, and usually the, the person who buys those type of games is usually... Um, it's actually one of a few things. Someone who may be making a mistake because they're just getting into it, mm-hmm. jumping the gun and not realizing that it's worth less. The other thing could be he doesn't have very many games, but the games he has, he plays the shit out of, mm-hmm. and it's worth it to him to buy it. And the third one would be just an insane collector who's on that trip. Yeah, I mean, and I do all buy it now. So I don't do bids or anything. Um, and, I mean, I'm... I've been making quite a bit of money uh, just paring down my collection. It's I haven't been buying anything, so I'm not reselling. I've had the games for years. It's um, anything that's wor- that I enjoy or have a nostalgia for is not going anywhere. It's just I can't move that much stuff every couple of years. There's so much stuff that I had is it, it got it got a bit out of control. <laughs> and. Again, as we said, we don't have a ton of time to play, but what we do play, we're passionate about. So anything I'm passionate about, I'm definitely going to hoard on to. And so that might be a c- cool reason to jump over to the the MVS, Neo NG Dev Team side. On the other side, though, it's pretty expensive, and I do have my project coming up that I have money vested into right now. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing was, like, where where we used to hunt, though, man. Like, it was the perfect storm. Yeah. I, again, like, right place, being in the know. But, um, and nobody around there gave a shit because you're in the country. South Bend, like, Mishawaka, just grass hills everywhere. Nobody, we're, we're, we were, like, the outcasts because we liked the games. All the so time. So it's, it's being in that. And um, no one else is there, so it's kind of like we get all the spoils. Yeah, I mean, it w- it was crazy how quickly th- like atmospheres change in the gaming, like col- the game collecting world, and it came with the evolution of like YouTube and popularity of that, um, that whole culture, and um, basically just people like being knowledgeable of it. It's the same thing with like you seeing doom on tv people started seeing other people wanting these retro games or talking about their nostalgia with games and they're like oh i want to play that and it caught on like wildfire eventually to the point where game prices have went up and everything it's it's been a pretty cool adventure luckily we started doing that shit when we were little kids and never got out of it and never had to play catch up yeah, and like um, one thing too that I noticed, um, people with their attachment with the iPhones and like laptops, they can just go online and be and price it. Oh Jesus, yeah. That 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 started um, about when when you and me were out at the flea markets. That started about the same time where you would see um, these cookie cutter booths. And every booth was had the same stuff, and you, you would even go to a different flea market, and it was the same, like setup. You could tell it was like NES controller five dollars, and they're all on this rack. And then you go to the <laughs> next one, and it looks the exact same, and it's almost like this family of people that kind of like just get truckloads of this shit. Yeah, 
and somehow you know they have a hookup and then um they're just it it almost did the same thing that ebay did and what ruined it for me is i'm almost back to brick and mortar now because you can always take that item back Mm -hmm. and it's not a hassle for you uh everything on ebay is like china garbage and it's kind of gotten to the point where it's just like china trash and i i don't even mean if you buy i don't even mean like gaming i'm talking like if you want to buy like an appliance or something or a t-shirt or a tie or (laughs) yeah you you or like a sticker or like you think you're getting a deal but you're actually not like getting low quality it's garbage like tools and stuff and that's that's where if you go to the stores you're you're going to get a good product because those stores need to back yeah. the good guys or else they're you're going to take that shit back that should be and something then, that the listeners should hang on to cuz when i was talking about the MVS side art. I didn't say I'm going on eBay because I'd go on eBay and get some MVS logos immediately. That's the China trash we're talking about. That's there. It's low quality. It's going to be garbage. Mm-hmm. I know a guy who does it locally and, you know, locally being in the United States and does an amazing job. I've seen his work. It looks cl- as close to real arcade stuff as possible. Um, that's brick and mortar. Right there, and, and like a, another classic like scam online scam, they don't mention the size of the figure, and you get it, and it's like smaller than your oh yes, a third of your pinky finger, <laughs> like, like really the size of your fingernail. <laughs> yeah, it's like the size of your fingernail exactly. Like, and, and but in the picture, like it looked huge. Yeah, they do a close up of it and post like something in the background to make it look like it's towering, <laughs> and and that like overtook and it kind of made me sick after a while and i was sick of that like i meant it's just anything you buy off there is questionable now and it, the the funny thing was is going back to the uh, the controller thing you mentioned like yeah the, the flea market it's yeah. been a, it's been a crazy mindset for the both of us really on we were collecting when games were a quarter a piece and and we got to see the whole like thing evolution. Happen. So, so yeah. even up to like five years ago, we're used to picking up controllers for a dollar, yeah, and bags of them at, at Goodwill. That was know? the eye opener when we were going around that flea market trip, and that was down in Indianapolis, and Indianapolis, Indiana, and we were um we saw all these freaking controllers and like five dollars a piece, five dollars a piece, five dollars a piece, and we're like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I'm not paying $5. Like, I pay maximum, like, two or three. And that's in our mindset. Now the same controllers are $10 a piece. (laughs) And it's like, holy fuck. It's like even that $5 would have been good nowadays. (laughs) And that's what I was saying in one of those podcasts. Like, that's what they do with gas. Yeah. Um, they, They raise it to the point where, like, 50 cents should be, like reasonable but you think like a dollar fifty is amazing you think two dollars is like incredible you think 250 is a killer deal why because you're conditioned now the way that we've kind of combated our like old man instincts of not wanting to conform to the price changes (laughs) is uh, is that they're are still deals out there regardless if it's harder to find the deals or not they're still there um so we still can get nes controllers for a dollar 
I know there's people listening that are like, hey, I could still get a controller for a dollar somewhere. And you're right. Yeah. You you can. Just don't, don't be support lazy. The, the racket. Don't support the racket. Because we could see a a pattern like a million miles away. The, the, mm-hmm. uh, on the third one we saw, yeah, we like looked at each other like, oh, they're all pressing uh, up I can see where this is going. <laughs> yeah, they're all pressing up each other. Because like, I think at the time I was looking to get Nintendo controllers because I had a few overlays, and you did too. I think, like the Final Fantasy Contra overlays for the controllers. I was looking for some cheap yeah, controllers. Yeah, that's what it to was. That's exactly up. what it was. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't buy any controllers that day. I was a little bit like, because I mean, I was like, man, we saw so many controllers, but I'm not paying five dollars. Uh, eventually, I did complete all the little um, controller overlays that I had, and I got the controllers for a dollar piece. I did the, get them for a dollar. And that's that's kind of where I can visualize for everyone like what a reseller truly is mm-hmm. it's someone who has 10 of the same item instead of a grandma who has one dusty nes controller on some corner table yeah that's what it is and she's like you know 25 cents <laughs> and thank you so much and and then it's the hoarder people that have like a million of them and then up the ante and that's what makes all us collectors sick yeah but it's the it's the best example of like there's still those um, old grannies and those cool merchants out there. Yeah. It's just you have to do that searching. Like you were saying, like you have to, you can't give up and so, just so, go the easy way out. So really, the big gist of it is patience. Yes. Like, seriously, like anybody who's in there collecting, if they're impatient, they'll pay that $10 for a controller or $5 for a controller. They'll do it because they just want it now. That's the same thing with, like, me posting, you know, parent on my collection. I post it at the whatever I see it at near the top because I really don't want to sell stuff. But if I have to sell it, I might as well get what it's selling for on eBay. It's a racket. Um, If I'm going to buy an eBay or Kyle's going to buy an eBay, we're going to look for it at the bottom price because we look for deals. Um, now that is a, now if I was looking for those deals and then immediately resold it for the top price, that's reselling. Um, I'm not doing that because when I buy something, especially nowadays, it's, I'm buying it to collect, play it, uh, because I have a passion for it. Um, And, and the whole flea, the flea marketness of it is lost when you're like setting up shop, like what's beautiful about a flea market is just someone who has a bunch of random shit to sell. It's like a convention. It's a garage sale convention. Mm -hmm. And those are the best flea markets. That's, that's what exactly what it is. It's a garage sale convention. And what, what would ruin a garage sale convention conformity and commercialization and commercialization and shitty China garbage that's what it is and that's what it's become Mm -hmm. and that was a sad thing too to realize that one of our favorite pastimes was getting sterilized i mean yeah because they're becoming few and far between um they do a a real style garage sale out here but it's like a once a month thing or once every two months thing Um, yeah and out here it's crazy because like yard sales they're like limited to one day a week for like four hours so there's really no like my wife can't go hunting anymore like she used to. And when I what I noticed eventually we were finding our better deals at the antique stores mm-hmm. because gaming wasn't their focus. Um, remember that like 
that one lady we found a box and it yep. was like Super NES, Genesis, PlayStation Two, and she's like, I don't know, five dollars. Like, yeah, that, um, that's a good one. Um, for other people, I don't know if you know a lot about this, Kyle, but estate sales are amazing. Those can be amazing. I mean, I went to an estate sale. I saw some video games. It was a box full of a Sega Saturn, a Sega CD, and Genesis, and there was like rare ass games there, like Mutant League Hockey bunch of craziness in there and like controllers and everything and the guy's like a dollar <laughs> i'm like what yeah those yeah it can be hit or miss because you don't know oh, you who could, it is you could go there and they don't have a goddamn thing is there a way to find out like the age and the if it was a guy like in his 20s <laughs> he'd be like well he's gotta have some games no right? i mean it, <laughs> most of the time in estate sales older people um but who's to say they don't have grandkids that were playing video games that's where you're taking that gamble is that they had kids or grandkids that had video games and they had them in their attic that's the classic um or old toys or anything else we collect because we collect tons of stuff um and my thing is is that my i cast my net so wide on stuff that i look for that i'm bound to find something i like and well and that's that's, that's the really the um and that's the theme of like the whole podcast like we've always said that yeah like it's it's being patient but having a wide net yeah because i mean like it was the craziness like we would go out um hunting for like a flea marketing or whatever or yard sailing and kyle would fill his fucking car up on a weekend and he might not have even had a video game filled up his fucking car <laughs> with craziness awesomeness like cool shit you know what I mean? Like, as he always says, he collects old beer signs and old beer steins. <laughs> yeah, and all that the tiki stuff. Oh, my and Even God. the stuff that I don't mention, but all that bar-type memorabilia. Um, Anything that can decorate to your theme. And, and that's the cool thing about casting the quote-unquote wide net is that it's we get enjoyment out of everything. So we might as well just go with it and if we don't find video games we're still not disappointed because number one we're hanging out and having a good time the experience is you know a lot of the the cool part like like we were saying nine tenths of it is the adventure well it got to that point that's when i realized like Mm -hmm. what it was all about kind of we didn't really realize that till we were able to hang back out once i moved out to the area again because we used to go out and do that stuff all the time, and we didn't really catch that that was the really cool part of it. Is that yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> we we made out like bandits though, oh so it was God. like I was like, what more? Like, it's I almost don't want to find something now because I don't have to find a place for it, which I have yeah. none. Yeah, oh yeah, it's it's getting insane. And, and you can always make more space, which I've proven to myself thousands of times over. But I don't really, I'm good. Like, I feel like I'm good. Uh, if I find something amazing, I'll still pick it up, of course. But at this point, it's it's more about, like, having fun with people. It was, and, it was my classic quote on um, that I posted on social media, like, a few weeks ago. I'm like, if you tell me that you're going to walk by a copy of Earthbound and not buy it for a dollar you're lying to yourself <laughs> like you you will buy if you find something that's a hidden gem for a buck you're gonna buy it regardless if you have the room or space for it because you're a gamer 
<laughs> and it'd be the same thing like not buying a gold, uh, you know it's a gold ring and not buying a gold ring for a buck. Like, Yeah, we talk about that too. Yeah, you find like a Rolex on the ground that wasn't one of them. I mean, yeah. I, I guess the the only one that would be like um, where if there was someone next to you who wanted it and you already had it or yeah, something. Yeah, of course. There's always I, the Good Samaritan law. I mean. Because that was my Tengen Tetris deal and that was your like Super Nintendo box at the estate sale. Mm-hmm. That we went to, so yeah, I mean, there's there's your um, things like that, but and there's always justifications, and you got the one that got away, and I mean, the thing is though, is that I mean, we mentioned like we're patient, so I mean, do you have a copy of Tengen Tetris right now, Kyle? Yeah. So I mean, it came to you still, whether you had it before or after that, you still got a copy of it. Well, I I already had it, so that was my thing. Like, yeah. if I found it again and I knew someone else wanted it where I was or was looking at it, I'd be like, "It's all yours, man. I already own it." Yeah. Because I I I'm not like into selling online, so I guess uh, if I was in that trip, it may have been different. So I may have seen it as like a, a a financial gain or whatever. But yeah. At the point, like, no, I don't. I I make money a different way, and I'm fine. So. Well, and you're also like not doing the other aspect because for example like i could take my collection says selling portions on ebay i could just post what i have up on nintendo age and see who has what i want and trade them then you have that aspect which is probably better because then people who also are passionate about it get it yeah yep yep it's going to a good home yeah um, I mean that's a whole nother beast. I mean you're not looking to get anything at all anyways, so I mean you're you're in your own little fun collector's cozy museum hole, which is not a bad place to be, honestly. I definitely like the idea of it going to a good home though. Yeah. That's 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 really great. I, I can't say that I'm uh not jealous that you don't have to move your stuff around. <laughs> like, it's you you have no clue how stressful it is moving an NES TV, a Red Ten arcade, a PVM, all these rare, irreplaceable items, and yeah, it's it's a very stressful thing. <laughs> well, just and an OCD person when things aren't done by like, me, orderly. And they're chaotic. It makes the mind chaotic. Luckily, everything came intact. Um, we had a few few items from the move, but none of my game collection was damaged. So bonus. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's a it's a cool place to be in. Not um, being comfortable with your collection. Um, the thing is, though, is that I know how we get, and there'll be some catalyst that causes you to want to do something with your collection. That doesn't mean add new items. That could be do some kind of customization option in your in your place somewhere that you didn't think about. There's always little things like you started displaying the boxes on the shelves. That was an awesome little modification. That's why I say to everyone, never never turn off that creativity nozzle. Yeah, like like don't just, you know, get honed in and get tunnel vision on one path it's the same thing when you're trying to think of what you want to do with your future you don't do tunnel vision you you cast a wide net i mean that could be like the the motto of the fucking episode cast a wide net (laughs) because yeah it's it's one of those cool things and um it was just crazy though it's like we went toward boxes like a year before now everybody online is focusing on boxes so (laughs) 
<laughs> is yeah, that was that was my assumption because once cool. you get the games, it's always there's only a few places to go from there, man. Yep, that's really cool. And I mean, my boxes. I'm again being a patient person, and I'll get my boxes for very cheap. Um, with boxes, I'm not as picky on condition as I was with the cartridge labels. I don't know why, but actually I do know why, because the box protectors pretty much fix any minor errors. So as long as I can see the artwork, I put it in a box protector. It looks great. Yeah, and there's just the idea that it's been through a lot anyway. I like the story behind it too, absolutely. Like, you almost can't expect a perfect box, but you can definitely, at least when we were out, we had our pick of the litter Yeah, it was for like the cartridges. Yeah, like I, I remember like, Picking which Chrono Trigger I wanted <laughs> yep. for ten or fifteen bucks, like yeah. I chose the best cart there. That meant there were multiple. Like people would be like, "Are you fucking serious?" And it's like again, mm-hmm. like I, I don't. Someone else, let someone else get it. Well, and and the thing was too is that when we were back collecting, seeing a fifty dollar game was like eh, that's too much, and that was a fifty dollar Bonk's Adventure, fifty dollar Panic Restaurant. And we're and I mean it might have been like eighty for some of those by the time we decided to pull the trigger, but we saw them for fifty and we were like, ah oh, man, it's a little much for freaking used Nintendo game now. I mean, we were past sixty four at that point, um, and you know we're used to finding shit at the flea market for a dollar, so <laughs> it's one of those crazy fucking things. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's the way. It, just when you spend too much, it's not. I don't know. If that's that's not my trip. It, it almost is like when you when you. It's not fun anymore because yeah, I'm, like I'm, I'm the rich I'm, kid fucking buying the games, and it's almost hollow at that point. And yeah, and I'm I'm losing like too much. <laughs> like it it doesn't give me a rush because I'm losing. Yeah, we 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 definitely like to find the deal. I I want that like high, that like feeling of like amazingness. You just can't replace. Like I can't get that by going on eBay and clicking on buy it now. It just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it it that's a that's a really really good point. Bringing the um the eBay portion to it, um, it's almost a laziness factor, honestly, because it's all there. If I want to be a lazy fuck, I can go on eBay right now and buy a complete NES collection. Um, there's a few top-tier rare games that I'll have to wait to show up, and there'll be a premium price. For example, a Stadium Events or a Dinosaur Peak. Um, to find a legitimate copy, it might be a little bit for it to pop up, even in Nintendo World Championships. But if I am if I wait a few months, I can get it. Um, you are have to pay up the ass for it, but you can get it. That isn't collecting. In my opinion... Going on eBay and buying up everything is not collecting. Um, now, hunting on eBay for like a random ass lot—that was back in the day. You could do that a lot. That not so much anymore. But like finding a giant box of games or something—that's almost flea marketing still. Um, that was pretty cool. But going on eBay and just individually buying fucking games is is definitely not collecting. Um, it's really cool for the gamer who wants to play the game. That is perfect for them. But that's not the same as collecting for to me at all. Yeah, and I would say um, with 
the the whole rush of the online thing, yeah, if you win like a bid um, for something that's just ridiculous, which most of us have done at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, if you really think hard, you could be, oh my god, I got that for like 99 cents. Yeah, that's actually kind of cool is like lowball bidding a bunch of items and things. Yeah, like I got an Usagi Yojimbo original TMNT on card for 99 cents and the guy forgot to send it to me and I was like, don't worry bro, take your time and he sent me a, a robotic rock steady too in the box. <laughs> So for ninety nine cents, I and if you look up how much that's worth now, oh, both of those, rare. <laughs> you shit your pants, and it was like all because I was nice and cool, and I, I was like, it's all good, man. I think you went to a funeral, and I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss, kind of thing. So that tells you though that for ninety nine cents, and you have all that. That's where eBay is amazing. Mm-hmm. The buy it now sucks unless, unless, and this was my next thing. You find those amazing buy it nows. Um, that are like super duper cheap, but I, I was reading into it and I guess they have bots now that like sellers like buy it up automatically. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. all, all oh, of yeah. the good shit's done anyway. No, now. It's, it's a, so that's ruined. It's a, it's a dead, um, it's a dead site pretty much for, for actually like flea market hunting anymore. Like it's those rush buys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you still can find cool, unique items, but it's, it's tough. Again, it's not going to be easy. They can be found, though. I mean, we can't use definitives here because there's always somebody who can find something cool. The ones that I find, like, are the ones that th- they forgot to put, like, TMNT or Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles. The they, they just put, like, up. yeah, like, they, they didn't put NES or there's a misspelling. There was a Chubby Cherub instead of Chubby Cherub. Yep, yep. Um, And no one else... It's just like a chance that no one else happened to search for that. Yeah. But the chances of you finding a Surprise of Dinosaur Peak legitimate for $10, yeah, it's going to be gone. Like, there's no chance that you'll ever stumble across it. Even if you are you have an alert on your phone that pops up when it comes up, you're not going to get it. There was one cool one I was on Nintendo Age. Someone posted they got a Musha in the box from, like, some antique seller for 100 bucks. like, a few weeks ago. Not bad. Not bad. Amazing. That game's worth about 300 in the box mm-hmm. now. Yeah, it's not bad at all. It was like mint, and he's like, look at this shit. This is crazy. And he hunted it down. That's really cool. So he, they're they're out there, mm-hmm. but it's so like, it's almost like the, um, it's like hunting deer. Yeah, that's to like To get that a, like super buck, you know, so rare. It's definitely a couple things we have to like re-mention is number one, the deals are still out there, 100%. They're still out there. It's not easy. Nobody said this would be easy. That's the classic quote. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's never going to be an easy thing. But the thing is, is, if it was easy, would it really be worth it? That's a really good question. Would it be worth it if it was easy? I mean, it wouldn't be as fun. There would be no thrill. There'd be no rush. You wouldn't get that high. Was Beer Slinger worth it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's Hell the question. Um, so that's, and yeah. now the other thing <laughs> about the eBay mentioning, we have to re-mention again that I'm we're talking specifically about like you know the feeling you get of satisfaction from collecting a game that you don't get from clicking buy it now, just paying retail, quote unquote retail prices. Yeah, 
retail price. That's, yeah. that's the thing. So, I mean, we're not, we're not saying that, you know, don't go on eBay and, you know, find deals or, or if you're just a normal gamer that wants to play a game and doesn't want to hunt for it, like get the game on eBay. It's a great yeah. quick way to get it. But we're talking about the people that, you know, are bragging about getting, oh, hell yeah, I got a copy of freaking, I don't know, Final Fantasy on NES. Oh, but you paid $40 for it on eBay. I got it for a dollar in the box. <laughs> at a garage sale, you know what I mean? Like, like dollar in the box is a way cooler story than hey, I clicked a button on eBay. <laughs> yeah, it's that. It's like that build a set mentality. You can just mm-hmm. build it at will because it's there. Um, Absolutely. It's almost like a trust fund kid or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the thing that I like using eBay for, and I probably will maintain to use eBay for, is the unique items. So. Stuff like I will never, rarely see anything Japanese out on the flea markets out here or anything. Um, so any kind of like boxed Famicom, Super Famicom, uh, PC Engine games. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Neo Geo, it's Ferrari. Mm-hmm. We don't see it out here. I did come across some MVS. That was like a once-in-a-lifetime find, in my opinion. So yeah. like the games that I found at a random used to be an arcade now it's a laundromat type place. Like I was like, holy crap, you got MVS? Are they for sale? Oh, twenty bucks a piece? Sweet. Rare games in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it, it really is once lifetime because you only found it like one time, and you're you're but you're in your thirties, so it's like <laughs> yeah. there's a good there's a great chance that you're not going to find it again. So exactly, that's actually proof that it is. Um, that's actually how I built. And that's how I built my PC Engine collection. Like, yeah. Uh, when that was before that boom, too, because now that's sick. I mean, thinking about what you just said about the once in a lifetime, it's really crazy because we were actively hunting all the time. We don't do that anymore. Now we go no. out once in a blue moon. So if you go out once in a blue moon, the likelihood of you finding something goes down exponentially. Big if time. you're going out every weekend, you know, like you see the um, Retro Liberty guys going to their flea markets, they go out every weekend. Um, same thing with Pat Daniels Punk goes out flea market madnessing. He, even if he records it or not, he goes out every weekend going game hunting. If you do that, you will find a lot more than if you're like us nowadays. So when, when I say like once in a lifetime, like it's going to be a lot less likely that I'm going out again game hunting. Um that's where, in my opinion, being a member on a forum like Nintendo Age is, is key and essential because now I have buddies that text me, hey, you were looking for a Neo Geo, right? There's a free one on Nintendo Age. And then I get a full arcade cabinet from an awesome dude, You know, talk with a cool guy that's 30 minutes away that could probably game with once a month. You know what I mean? And got a free arcade machine just for you know being part of a community that where we talk about games and bullshit about games like we do on this podcast <laughs> fucking cool and my, th- my thing is too we saw like the we've seen like the brightest that that pretty much uh sun that a collector could see oh because God. we we started we rode the trip like when we used, to, yeah, like when we used to have the, the sleepovers at your house, and we go to Uncle John's in Barnum Field, like on a weekend basis. Uh-huh. That was the beginning, and then it escalated from there to insanity when we were in Plymouth. Yeah, because the thing is, is between 
us being kids, um, we went through our high school phase where we still hunted games a little bit. Um, went to college where we were poor college kids. Um, and then once we started in the workforce, we that's when we started going to the used game stores a lot. And that was before the, the burst happened. So we were still picking up games for a reasonable price. Um, by the time, you know, I went military route, moved all around, came back out, like, we're now in madness mode, and it's still so much cash. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I got, like, three top loaders, I'm just like, okay, I, I'm good. Yeah. Like, it just, it's like, holy fuck. I mean, I'm, we're in Podunk, Indiana, and I come across a... A boxed Super Game Boy, boxed Mario Paint, box 64, and boxed Super Nintendo at, at a random-ass auction in the middle of cornfields. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> That's the greatest. <laughs> like, what? Kyle's over there with his with our buddy John, like, miserable in the heat, like, not drinking alcohol, like, going, uh... <laughs> cold, cold, grim, and sober, except cold mentally, but hot physically. <laughs> uh, and, and I just see Kyle, he's like, never again. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, though, like, where are you going to find in Podunk, Indiana, like, four boxed, big boxed items? Like, I was, like, seeing this, I'm like, what? Yeah, once the cold beer run happened, all was well with the world again. And we did this cold beer run because, for some reason, they waited till the last fucking minute to go to this goddamn gaming lot. And during that whole time, these little shitheads... Like, kids and, like, um, 20-year-olds are all walking around the game like it's theirs. And I'm just looking at it like, all right, I have this much to spend. Um, it got to about a third of what I wanted to spend on the on the boxes, and those all those kids were already out. So they were the poor college students, and then you're going against the fucking guy who has a full-time job. It's like, didn't even stand a chance. <laughs> I remember they, they were, like, raping they it, were like, like, opening it, oh like, looking God. through everything. It's like, dude. Stuff around. Just... And then yeah, the like irony was is when they were going back and forth with me in the auction, the one kid kept asking his mom for allowance money, extra allowance money. And when I saw him asking for extra allowance money, that's when I made the decision that he only wanted the Super Nintendo box. And I'm like, you know what? If he, you know, if he pays me for that Super Nintendo box, I'll, I'll get it to him for what he was paying for it. And I did. So that was yeah, my that's, that's our classic story. My good yeah. Samaritan rule where my wife was mad because she was like, we could have sold that on eBay. And I was like, uh, you know what? It's not a big deal. <laughs> it's funny because that connects with another story from a previous podcast, but it's a whole different point that we're trying to make in this one. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. And, and and the irony is, is as you mentioned with your Tengen Tetris, I have a box Super Nintendo and a box Super Nintendo 2. So it's like, I would have just had a third box with a different sticker on it because I think it had a, it was a different version. Um, but the funny thing is, after I was the Good Samaritan, right, um, uh-huh. I was checking out right as we were leaving. I think Kyle was already on his way back to the air-conditioned car because he was miserable. Um, but <laughs> but I'm, I'm waiting in line, and another guy that was at the auction goes, hey, did you get those video games? And I'm like, yep. Yeah, I got the, uh, the box games. He's like, oh, this was in my box, and hands me Mario All-Stars was in the box it's amazing and i'm like and killer instinct I, I think killer instinct was in there too or something oh sweet so he's like here you go and i'm like awesome and th- that kid was already gone but i was like sweet <laughs> super ni- so so i still got the games for you know for free and even he's like here you go you can have them 
And I was like, so it was like karma working. It was great. <laughs> but yeah, then um, that was really the brightest that you could ever want it. And uh, going to the garage sales, going to the antique stores, uh-huh. going, and then you said as like those random specialty, like your disc replays, your um, McVans, uh, you know, your video palaces. Everybody says, you know, that there hasn't been anything in years. Like we did this a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that long ago and 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 the key component to all this is that we were doing this hanging out too and it was all an experience like we took the time out of our quote-unquote busy lives like either i went out to kyle's place or kyle came out to my place an hour and a half drive hang out for the weekend um you know, I have, you know, a wife and a daughter, so Kyle would come out more so than my side because I would always get guilt-tripped by the wife to come home early. So, <laughs> reality <laughs> check. But, um, but like, it was always fun times, and it didn't matter what we did. We were always having a good time. Um, those stories happened to be a couple of the times that we hung out, but other times we would do different craziness where we were drunk, riding upside down on skateboards in walmart like (laughs) i can't make a lot of those times yeah make this shit up is all i got walking through the blueberry festival is just yeah big it's totally loaded my god festival um (laughs) down in the middle indiana where it's just called the blueberry festival and we're nice and destroyed (laughs) and just having a good time and it was within a walk of where we were located at so it was fun and and the thing is, is that, like, if you take anything out of this crazy, you know, down the river sticks podcast that we're doing here, is that Hell yeah. part of the fun of the entire process is, you know, making it a nostalgic experience, hanging out. That's the key. And that's why we do this podcast, is because we're not hanging out now, and this gives us a chance to catch up, bullshit about games. We just bullshit all like for weekends straight talking about games. Now we just do it for for the podcast. And we have so much to reflect on now that exactly. it's it's just a laundry list. It's it's one of those things where um I got one quick story before we sign off. Um I over here in the military talking with a guy, I'm doing a newcomer's orientation class. Um and some Air Force guy, he might be listening. Uh but he's like we're talking bullshit about games. And he's like, man, you." he's like, he came back the second day to the class. And he's like, dude, just so you know, I cyberstalked you last night. <laughs> and I gave him my web, you know, the blog website and my email and all that. Um, so he didn't like look me up or anything, but I gave yeah. him the information. Um, he checked out your he shit. He checked out my shit. He's like, dude, you've done so much shit. And like, it's like, I look, I, I, Keep, we keep moving forward in life, and you don't look. If you don't take a second to look back and reflect, it's like, I've done a bunch of crazy shit. He's like, man, I feel like it's crazy sitting here next to you, type thing. And I'm like, I'm just a normal person. That's what Kevin was the way he Initially, was. Initially, yeah, Kevin yeah. was like that. And then once you get used to people, you're like, oh yeah, he's just a normal human being. And it's like, and I'm nowhere near as popular as like a. I'm not near popular at all. I don't know. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like nothing. But um but as much as I've done and gotten recognition for and it's just like I just enjoy gaming and 
I mean, if we bo- if we weren't recording this podcast right now, we would be talking on the phone the, pretty much the exact same way. Bullshit. Yeah, and I always love what what your your grandma said. She's like, I was her her goal was to look for the perfect game for Jeff. Like, <laughs> and it's 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 so awesome because that's still the goal today. Like, yeah, absolutely, always looking for the perfect game. So she like nailed it on the head like long ago. Yeah. And that's where the the passion like there's a lot of you know crossroads that you go in a collection but there's always uh, a focal point and I think that is the the gaming. It's the core. I mean you you just you want to have a an amazing experience and that's wrapped around everything else and brings it into like a beautiful little bow. Oh yeah, wraps it all up and you know, my grandma, she was looking for the perfect game at flea markets and Goodwill, so <laughs> Sally Store is what she called it. The, good- the right place. Oh, yeah. yes. Salvation, Salvation Army, Army man. But, um, yep. but that was the thing. Like, it's, she took me to those as a kid. Like, there's no way that that's not a nostalgic experience now. Embedded in the head. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we should probably uh, sign off. We've actually, our short podcast turned into a normal podcast with no break so I figured. with no so I break figured. it's so crazy we get off on tangents um, some things never change <laughs> well, time for our uh, our nightcap now brutal doom <laughs> oh yeah thank you for listening to vgbs we appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast we love it thank you thank you thank you if you want to correspond with us, you can email us at bgbspodcast at gmail.com. But we also have a phone number. It is 262264BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message, um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us, shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google. Leave a message on one of Kevin's videos on YouTube. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later! <sighs>